Patrice, you don't have to be a 10. If at best you are a seven, there are so many sixes, fives, fours, threes, twos, ones out there that you can serve. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth, a very special episode because it's my birthday. Well, technically my birthday is Sunday, March 15th, 2020. I will be 39 years old. So I am walking into the last year of my 30s. Oh my gosh. Where has the time gone? Like, I promise you, I was just 23, turning 23 the other day. Like, does anyone else feel like this? Do we all feel like this? Where the heck is time going? It was just happy new year. And now it's literally mid-March. Like, what is going on? But nevertheless, uh, I wanted to do something special for this episode. So let me say this. If you are new to Redefining Wealth, then you're in for a treat because I am going to do a little recap of some of my top lessons from the last year, which means that I will share with you some of my favorite podcast episodes and and really just what I learned, because my whole point here at Redefining Wealth is to grow together. I have never approached this podcast like I was some type of guru or someone sitting on a mountaintop telling people what they should or should not do. We literally are in this experience together. And as I grow, I share what I'm experiencing in the hopes that we can grow together, that you can also offer your voice and your insights and your feedback as well, which I love your reviews. I love your DMs. I love what you share on Instagram. I love your YouTube comments. So please keep them coming. But if you're brand new and you know nothing about me, here's what you need to know about our community as a whole. We believe that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. This is a unique group of purpose chasers from all over the world who believe in the original definition of wealth, which is the condition of well-being. And so every week we just tackle life from the perspective of these six pillars, which I truly believe that as you close the gap, clear the clutter, fill the voids in each one of these pillars, the way you interact with money actually becomes the natural byproduct. I have heard from so many of you, which I have to say on this birthday episode just makes me so incredibly happy that you are seeing a shift in how you deal with money, how you talk about money, how you charge what you're worth, how you don't play with people (laughs) anymore about your money, how you have more boundaries. And even though we're not always talking very specifically about money concepts, we're talking about things that improve our overall relationship with money. And so again, if you're brand new, how you learn more is to go to patricewashington.com forward slash start here, patricewashington.com forward slash start here, and you will learn about the six pillars. You'll be able to do a little assessment really quickly about where you might be, grade yourself so that you can face yourself and embrace the work that we do here and allow it to change your life. So getting back to my birthday, I was really looking through 
the podcast catalog. It's so crazy that I've been at this since 2017 already. It literally seems like it hasn't been that long at all. Another note, if you haven't noticed, literally is my favorite word. So prepare yourself. (laughs) It's my birthday and I'm not going to fight it. But here are some of the episodes that really have shaped this last year for me. Some of the big takeaways that I am taking into this brand new year, the last year of my 30s. And really, they just come down to some of my favorite episodes, Instagram posts, all that stuff. So I am all about, if you remember our end of the year episode, I I realized that I don't want my life to be about just checking off the box of things that I have accomplished. I want to always look at how I've grown and who I've become in the process. And first up, I would say if it was a countdown, number five, number five, one thing that I've grown in is understanding that I have to stop romanticizing relationships. And if you remember this episode, I believe it came out around November, December of 2019. Please go back and listen to it. If you haven't listened to it again, because if you did back then and it didn't necessarily apply, there's a great possibility several months later that it does. I think the big takeaway for me from stop romanticizing relationships is truly just understanding that I am not above other people's bad behavior. And any belief that I am possibly stems from me being disobedient and trying to force people to be who I've imagined them to be as opposed to who they've shown me they are. And that actually has come up a couple more times. So that episode, I was talking about a very specific interaction I had where I thought that I was untying a relationship and the other person made a choice to just burn the whole damn bridge and throw the relationship away, which was hurtful. But at the same time, I had to learn that I couldn't act like I didn't know that that was a part of their character and that was a normal part of their behavior and didn't know that them treating other people that way meant eventually it would end up on my doorstep because they were being very much in alignment with who they had showed me they were. I just thought I was above it. And it's come up recently, for example, in a speaking engagement where we were negotiating a a speaking engagement and I was trying to make concessions because I felt like the relationship with the person who was throwing the event was a bit deeper than it was. But then when it came down to the contract, they were very dismissive of things that are definitely a part of my process. And I had to look at that and go, oh, wow, this comes up in multiple ways for you. And now you have an opportunity to nip things in the bud sooner than later. First time around, I did nip it in the bud. I excused it. I made, yeah, I excused it. I made excuses, right? I rationalized. I tried to see the good and look at the glasses half full versus half empty. Like I did all the things except for honor myself and honor what was in alignment with what I truly felt in my spirit. And so circling now to this most recent occurrence, 
I had an opportunity, you guys, to do it again, to see that I was romanticizing who I was to this person, but they were not necessarily reciprocating. And that doesn't make either one of the people I'm talking about bad people. It just is what it is. They had a right to fight for their stance and I have a right to fight for mine. And I don't know about you, but I'm recognizing in how many ways, small, medium or large, I have not always fought for what felt right for me. And so my big lesson from the last year and definitely taking in to this 39th birthday is being aware of when I am romanticizing relationships of any size, of any type, of any kind. So big lesson learned for me. If you need more, and that is a lesson you need to learn, go and find that podcast episode. Next, number four, operate in excellence, but don't stress out about perfection. Mm, Where are my perfectionists out there? (laughs) I know I'm not alone. And you've probably heard me talk about this over and over again. And you know why that is? Because we're a work in progress. As much as I learned these lessons in one dimension, I then end up seeing it play out in other ways. And I would say this year, so much of the success that we had at Seek Wisdom Find Wealth, which is my actual company name, really came from doing the best we could, but being more concerned about progress versus perfection. Now, I am not about just throwing any old thing together and stamping my name on it. I do value my name. I do value my reputation. And I want things to be done in order. I want them to be done to, you know, some level of excellence, but not to the point where I don't just put it out there. And there was an episode that I did. It was around the anniversary where I said, essentially, uh, the podcast anniversary in September 2019, I talked about no one needs you to be a perfect 10. No one needs you to be a perfect 10 to get results. So my big takeaway for myself has just been over and over again, Patrice, you don't have to be a 10. If at best you are a seven, there are so many sixes, fives, fours, threes, twos, ones out there that you can serve. Serve them in excellence and stop stressing about eights, nines, and tens. Perhaps you're not ready for that yet. Perhaps you're not ready to serve those people, but maybe that's, or, you know, launch that thing in that way. But that's not necessary in order to win. We have had great wins in terms of impact, influence, and income from this last year because I was more focused on not perfection, but just operating in excellence and not waiting for myself to be a perfect 10. And man, I hope that's a lesson that serves you because I talk to so many brilliant women. We have enrollment coaches on the team and every week we get on our team calls and we just, I love to get a feel. I don't always have the chance to get on the phone and talk to people, but I love to get a feel for who our audience is and what they're struggling with and what the stories are. And one of the number one things that we hear that I hear that the feedback I receive is, man, I spoke to this woman. She was brilliant. If only she could see it. If only she could stop 
trying to force herself into some little Miss Perfect and just allowed herself to make sloppy progress and be supported through it, which is what we do, right, with our programs. And I thought that was important to just share as a big lesson is that we're not over here being perfect, perfect. Every email is not perfect. Every caption is not perfect. Sometimes you guys correct the grammar. You'll send me a DM and say a word is misspelled, you know, and if we can fix it in the caption, cool. If it's glaring, okay. But at the end of the day, when several hundred people get the point and it shifts something in their day or makes them stop and think about something, that's the actual win. And sometimes we just get caught up and do nothing because we're waiting for every piece of what we're working on to be perfect. You can be excellent and not perfect. Think about that. When iPhones come out, iPhones, which people stand in line for and pay hundreds, if not thousands, I don't know how much they cost at this point. People will wait in line, pay all this money, do all the things. And then they'll say, you're going to need that update. Yeah, you're going to need an update because there's bugs in here. There are things that need to be fixed. You wouldn't say that the iPhone was less than excellent, but you have to acknowledge. Well, Android users would. (laughs) No matter what you use, though, right? But you would have to acknowledge that it's clearly not perfect. They didn't wait for perfect to put it out. And a lot of times we can't even find what needs to be fixed because we don't realize that we're so used to our eyes being on something that it's so easy to miss the small stuff. It's not until you put it out there and get fresh eyes on it that you can even see where the holes are, where there's a void, where there's an opportunity for growth. And instead of being obsessed with excellence, some of you are going to have to just put some stuff out there and see it as an opportunity for growth. In Purpose to Platform, my group coaching accelerator, you know, business accelerator, I always tell the ladies, launch with a beta if you have to. Launch with a sample version of your program. Launch with a sample version of your course and tell people you're getting the beta and I'm going to give it to you for free or this low cost, no cost, whatever works for you so that you can help be an extra set of eyes for me so that you can tell me where I need to fill in content, so you can tell me what was confusing to you, so you can tell me which parts were intimidating and I might want to break it down a little further. No one expects you to be perfect. No one expects for it to be a thousand percent, you know, perfect because we're human. And the truth is, I believe, I mean, I receive a lot of grace from you all as a community. I believe that When you guys know that someone's heart is pure and their motives are pure and all that stuff, you don't have a problem just being like, hey, you missed this or hey, this will be great. I get so many great ideas from people in the DMs. You guys see so many things that I don't see. I get people saying, I'd love for you to make a t-shirt. Maybe you should make a planner for redefining wealth. Maybe you should do this. Maybe you should do that. I get so many great ideas from you all. Things that I may have thought about, but oftentimes you are my confirmation because I can dream it all day. But at the end of the day, if it's not going to support you and you're not going to invest in it, then it would be a waste of my time, right? So my point is for, for myself as well as for you, 
to keep in mind that you want to operate in excellence. You want to be in integrity, of course, but you don't want to stress yourself out over perfection because first of all, there's no such thing. And second of all, there's no one that really expects that from you. We're all dealing with our own issues and challenges and trying to get it right. So people are not expecting you to be a perfect 10. Just give us your eight. I promise it'll be okay. Number three, toot your own horn. Brandy Harvey, as you know, is one of my best friends. She's been on this podcast multiple times now. If you came to Redefining Wealth Live in Atlanta in October, then you got to see her in action. She and her twin sister, Carly, are two of my best friends. And their mom, Marsha, always says, I'd be a sad dog if I couldn't wag my own tail. And I remember when they shared that with me, probably, oh my gosh, eight, 10 years ago now. And I understood it, of course. I always understood that it meant that you don't be ashamed to like talk about yourself, to share share your successes, share your wins. But I think like many of you, I have over the years gotten, well, first of all, I, I would say like many of you, it's easier for me to pump up my girlfriends than it is to pump up myself. Uh, you know, that's just my nature, I believe. I will, you know, go all in for my girlfriends. And then for me, I'm like, oh, it's cool. You know, I do that little, um, one of my friends calls it false humility. I'm like, you know, God got me, <laughs> that type of thing. But so I have as an entrepreneur, especially in this space with social media and the constant need, right? Because there's so many distractions out there to showcase and highlight what you were doing. I have understood that that needed to be a part of who I was, like of how I operated my business, or to be quite frank, I wouldn't have a business. But when it came to launching Purpose to Platform or Mastery and Momentum, the thing that I learned from this last year is that I was not doing a great job of sharing the successes of the community. I was making that for some reason, and this was fascinating, I'm still unpacking this in therapy, (laughs) but I was making it more about me as opposed to just understanding, one, my clients deserve the love. They are putting in the work. And I had to make a shift and see that by by highlighting them, obviously I'm highlighting the program, but by not talking about the program, I'm hiding them, right? So I'm hiding the good work that I'm doing in the world. I'm hiding all the wonderful and amazing women that I support and the work that they're doing in the world. And who does that serve? Who does that serve? And I know that there is someone listening You struggle with this like I have, and it's still a daily conversation. If it were not for the team, even flushing out with me, highlighting the women just a few weeks ago from Purpose to Platform, you may remember for National Entrepreneurship Week, we highlighted five women back to back who have been through Purpose to Platform and their stories were amazing. Their testimonials, just incredible what they've created. And I can't wait for you to hear more and more because every week they are freaking doing amazing things. But I had to like, for this last year, it's been really like, wow, what is the deal with you tooting your own horn? (laughs) What is that about? What are you making that about? 
what what story have you made up about that? And again, I thought I had overcome. I thought that I was beyond that. I thought that because I wasn't scared to post in social media, which years ago I was, that I had surpassed this issue. But now I realize I, I have not been wagging my own tail. If you really heard about the stuff that I've actually done and been a part of, you'd be like, why didn't she tell us? I don't know. <laughs> Again, unpacking in therapy. But it's one of the top lessons that really stood out for me. And I didn't want to be ashamed of it. It's like I tell you guys, it's nice to be able to be on the other side of something and look back and be like, oh, this is why I did it. But some of this stuff we have to just get through together. Some of this stuff is real time. I was featured in a magazine in the UK. I mean, a full spread, several page spread. They, you know, had a full photo shoot here for me in Atlanta it was just beautiful. My daughter got to come with me. I, she was really impressed. She was like, okay, mom. <laughs> and I didn't tell anybody. When the magazine came in the mail, we were pumped. But then I kind of forgot and moved on to the next thing, which also that not tooting my own horn also goes back to what I've shared with you guys before about going from one thing to the next and not stopping to celebrate. So for me, these are two sides of the same coin. And it is really something that I'm looking to be a bit more intentional about this last year of my 30s. I want to go into my 40s like, look, I'm here. <laughs> you see it, you know it, right? And not from this braggadocious place, but from a place of just one, being an example of what's possible when you are true to this work, when you're committed to this work. And that's the other thing. When I don't share, you don't see the fruits. And that's what's the problem for me. When I don't share more openly, you don't see what's truly possible for you. And my desire is that you do. My desire is that you know that when you live your life by these pillars, phenomenal things will happen. I just also... And more private than not. So my first inclination is not to necessarily share or post. I'm I'm just not built like that. I'm like an old millennial. <laughs> I'm a millennial, but I'm on the old side, right? So I'm not necessarily built like that. And I'm realizing that I have to get over that because it's not just about me. It's for you. It's not just about me. It's for you. So that's a big lesson for me right now as I enter 39. Number two, impossible means it's not your priority. I have learned over this last year, again, and these are always lessons that come up over and over again, but that 100% is possible 100% of the time. There are so many things I could have labeled as impossible and this year, that was a podcast episode, by the way. So look for it. Impossible means it's not your priority. And this past 12 months has taught me just how capable I am. Just how capable I am. I'm even thinking about right now in this moment, I just hired a new full-time executive assistant. And she came to one team meeting 
and really just a portion of it. And she said the next day, um, yeah, you do a lot. <laughs> you have a lot going on. Like there is a lot on your plate. And that's true. I, I know that it's true. I'm, I acknowledge that. But it still doesn't feel like it is only because one, I'm I'm probably just a person that thrives with things to do. I know that if I don't have enough to do, you know, idle, idle mind is not good for me. But the other part is that I made a decision a long time ago that if I am going to add new things to my plate, that when I set the goal, I put two words at the end. I say, I will do X, Y, Z goal with grace and ease, with grace and ease. And so anytime over this last year that I've done, man, a lot of stuff, anytime I found myself even thinking of uttering the words, impossible, I had to catch it and remind myself that if I'm making it impossible, I've just made a decision that it's not a priority. Can I tell you how many things? I wish I could really just go through and list. But just the thought that, as you guys know, this came up for me, many of you know, because I'm in school getting an MBA right now in behavioral finance, but also working through my fifth book, which you will be hearing details about very, very soon. I'm super excited. I just got a glimpse at the sample cover. Ah, Like now it's going down. It's real. But the programs, the events that I've thrown, all these things in the midst of such an already very full plate just reminded me what I'm capable of if I approach it with the right mindset. And you know that for me, I'm not about not sleeping. I'm not about the not eating. I'm not about the not taking care of myself. That would be completely contradictory to redefining wealth. As much as I believe in doing what it takes for the wealth building aspect of your life, I will not forsake well-being to get there. And so to do these things and still go to sleep and still have date night and still spend time with my daughter and still take a bath and still read. I'm saying take a bath as a luxury, right? And still make time to read, still make time to go to dinner with girlfriends, still make time to do all these other things. I really just realized, man, that when I put my mind to something, and I'm saying this because when you put your mind to something, you literally decide whether it's going to be possible or not. That was such a huge Again, it was a lesson that I knew, but to see it in action again when I look back over this last year is just very encouraging. And it's something that I want to take with me into the rest of my life, right? It's not that cliche, women can have it all type of thing, um, but it is. (laughs) But in a way, it is. And it also really in terms of making me assess what mattered, uh, it, it really forced me to have, as we talked about in one episode, the joy of missing out with my girl, Tanya. It forced me to have priority lists. So one big thing for me over the last year, 
several months really, and it's been a game changer, was not having these extensive, long and drawn out to-do lists every day that seemed like a never-ending thing. But to have three, sometimes depending on the day, maybe four major priorities, like my daily my daily big three, my daily big four of things that I'll get done and how that's given me such a sense of grace and ease and peace and feeling of accomplishment that doing the long to-do list just didn't do. So two episodes for you to listen to. Impossible means it's not your priority. And then listen to The Joy of Missing Out with Tanya Dalton. Game changers. And number one lesson from the last year of my life. (laughs) Stay on the wall. (laughs) Stay on the wall because obedience is everything. And this was a recent podcast episode, so I won't go too far into details. And there's an IGTV about it. I'm at Seek Wisdom PCW where I really go in. But essentially, you've heard me talk about it here and there. The story of Nehemiah rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem and being committed to building this wall. Like he knew that was his purpose in that season. And he's up on a ladder Uh, doing his part on the wall. So even though he's the leader and he's told everyone else to do, he also is still actively working on building the wall. And of course, the distractions come, people come. They know the power of him staying on the wall, staying on task, and they're trying to throw him off. So they come trying to draw him out of the city or trying to draw him off the ladder. And he looks down and he says, I'm doing a good work. I cannot come down. And my big lesson has been the power of staying on the wall, the power of staying committed, right? In Jordan Rayner's episode, Master of One, we talked about being a Jack or Jill of all trades, master of none. And in order to master something, you got to stick with it. You got to stay on top of it. And literally one day I was taking a nap. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was raining. I never forget. I was taking a nap and I literally had a dream. (laughs) It was my whiteboard and it showed what my year should look like. It was really like, I think my first three months or so, because I'm really flying through it. But I could see all of the things I should be working on, but they all came back to this one core piece of the business. And I was like, oh, you know, I got up and I wrote it all down and it's extensive. I saw the before, the after, the going deeper in certain programs and all this stuff. It was really, really detailed. And there have been so many other things that have come up that have been fighting for that attention and this obedience to staying on the wall, like in not doing things that are just out of alignment. When I tell you it's been a game changer, this is not a lesson for the year. This is a lesson for my life. Purpose evolves and it will shift right from time to time and seasons will expire and that's fine. But when we are in a season that requires our complete focus, there are going to be distractions that come up and we have to be willing to say, I am doing a good work and I cannot come down. And the only way that we even think about batting an eyelash in another direction is if we truly feel called. And we talked about to to understand that, to to know the calling, to to actually hear the voice, right? 
means that you have to spend time in the word. You have to spend time with your creator, whoever you deem that to be. You need to spend time with them so that you know their voice. You can't know the voice of people you don't listen to, right? What I said in obedience over everything is that quote I got from Priscilla Schreier. God speaks to be obeyed, not to be heard. God speaks to be obeyed, not to be heard. And man, <laughs> staying on the wall and the obedience that I've been exercising, even in command the stage, which is my two-day speaker training that's coming up in April, that was totally a God thing. That was totally a divine download. And I followed because it also was connected to what I had on the board. I just hadn't planned on doing that, but there was definitely a connection. So it was still staying on the wall. I just didn't understand the way in which that would be manifested. And command the stage, what a great example of something that was not on my radar, but it was dropped in my spirit. I had already been told to stop doing other things, which I immediately stopped doing well before I got the download for Command the Stage. And the whole process for selling out Command the Stage, when I tell you grace and ease, grace and ease. And I know that I am about to serve, not 25, because we ended up, Sneaking somebody in. No, we actually had sold out and for, and they, before we could put sold out on the page, someone else registered. So actually 26 people are coming. And I know that they're some of the most incredible people on the planet and I'm excited to get to serve them. But the way that they came into it was one of the easiest launches, one of the yeah, I, I guess I can only say one of the easiest launches I've ever experienced. And I think it really came. I know it came from being obedient. It wasn't forcing. It wasn't sending a million emails. Although if you're on my email list, you might have felt like it was. It wasn't. It was like six. <laughs> but it wasn't from this big, heavy push. It was all from stuff that felt really good. And the conversations that I had with people, the questions that we answered, it just was so divine. And so my big lesson from this year going into my next year is just to continue to stay on the wall, do my good work and don't come down and choose obedience over everything, over my logic, over my understanding, over my convenience, over my need to be perfect, over any number of things, excuses, rationalizations, all the things that we do to choose obeying God first. And so these are my lessons. Now, these are the things that I'm actively in, the things that really stood out for me from the last 12 months, 360 odd days on this earth. Um, what I would love to hear, though, are some of your lessons. So for my birthday, what I want from you if I can make a humble request, I would love for you to comment. If you listen on YouTube, I would love for you to comment and give me some lessons, some encouragement as I go into this last year of my 30s. If you're on my Instagram page, when you see that birthday post go up, drop in those comments and give me some words of wisdom. What are the lessons you're learning? What are some of the lessons you've learned from Redefining Wealth? I would love to hear from you what are some of your favorite episodes? What are some of those episodes that really 
you know, touched your heart or hit you in the gut (laughs) or made you get to action um, or get in action, I would love to hear that from you. And my second request would be that you rate and review the podcast. Now, even if you did it in 2017 or you did it in 2018, guess what? You are welcome to do it again, my friend. And I know that we have over 90 odd thousand downloads a month now. Mm, And that means a lot of you, you just taking advantage of your girl. You listening and listening and listening, but I need you to rate and review. That is my birthday gift. Because when you rate and review, you push us up in these podcast apps and you allow other people to stumble upon us. And that really does help me out way more than I think you understand. So please, please, please go to a podcast app that you use. Even my friends on YouTube, go to a podcast app that you may have access to. Please find the podcast and rate and review and show your girl some love. That would be such a great birthday gift. In addition to what you've taken away from the podcast, what lessons you've learned from me or from a guest on the podcast, and just what some of your favorite episodes are. Thank you for hanging in there with me another year. I'm just incredibly grateful. I wish I had the words to truly express my gratitude for getting to do work that I absolutely enjoy, that I adore. I adore this community. I adore the work that I get to do. Never let a day go by without expressing supreme gratitude that I get to use this platform to pour into the lives of people that I probably may never meet in my life. But to know that when my time on this earth is up, there will be people all over the world who still know my name and who still can say, that I poured something into their life makes this journey so much sweeter for me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for celebrating my birthday with me. I'm so honored to serve you. I'm so honored to be in community with you. And um, yeah, thank you. And to my fellow Pisces out there, I'm not like a big sign person, but Hey, I know I'm a Pisces. So um, to my fellow Pisces out there, to any of the March babies out there, happy birthday to you as well. So excited that we share this time together. Um, And that's it, you guys. I'll be back next week. So until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. 